Okay. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Seekers Quest. It's can good. Can you to hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Did you change it's something? Yeah, it's good. Good. It's good. I'm Radha Preeti. I'm here with Jaitanya Charan. We call him CC. Were you just saying something, CC? Sorry. No, please go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and um, where where are you today, CC? Are you still yeah, in? Still in Oh, you are? Are you in New Rindavan still? I, I am. Yeah, I was yeah. going to go home, but I just, I wasn't ready. So I'm still here. And and my husband's out of town on work. So I feel like I have like a free pass to just stay in New Rindavan. So. so how is Jeff finding New Rindavan? No, Jeff, he's in the Jeff's at work. Jeff, he had to go away on business. So he's in Dallas. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I I just feel like I could stay here indefinitely until he gets home. <laughs> oh, excellent. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, did you have a good holiday? Well, Janmashtami is the busiest part of the year, so not much of a holiday. But it was good <laughs> overall. Yeah. So, yeah. I joined from my tablet also. Can you make me a co-host or something so that I can share my screen? Yeah. Oh, you're getting in. Okay, great. Great. So today we're going to talk last session. We talked about when not to let go, um, when in a relationship to recognize that there's, that, um, there's still some work to be done, some things that we can learn and grow from and to, um, engage in that relationship and, and try, try to do that both for ourselves and to strengthen the relationship. So, so we kind of talked about um, that and and how we do that and when it's appropriate to do that. And today we're going to talk about when not to let go. Or no, sorry. <laughs> today we're going to talk about when to let go. And um, I was thinking about this in my own experience. Um, when I came into spiritual life, I was in a pretty unhealthy relationship for like five years that um, I had broke up with the person before, and then I ended up getting back together with the person. It was just the kind of thing like I just could, couldn't stay away. It was, it was pretty toxic. Um, and when I came into spiritual life, I, um, I start, I was always a meditator. I was always into meditating. That was just like something that I really connected with. And when I found this particular practice, I started chanting on Japa beads and I started chanting, um, a mantra that my teacher uh, taught me, a Hare Krishna mantra, and um, it was so it was so different than the peace that I experienced from meditating. I felt so connected in relationship with the divine in a way that I hadn't really, but also in a way that made me feel less attached to some of the more unhealthy things in my life, like like that relationship, and. Um, it was like after a few months of chanting that mantra really sincerely and quite often, it was almost like easy to let go of that relationship. I mean, it, it, it hurt me, but it felt like, it felt like, yeah, this is it. It just, I felt so much alignment in that decision. And, um, and it was, I, to this day, it's like, there's nothing else that would have that I would have let go of that relationship for. And I can't imagine where my relation, where that would be now, if I, where my life would be now, if I was still in that. So um, that's actually something I really appreciate about this practice. It it really helps align you in your life with the flow of love uh, for yourself and others. And in that it becomes easy to recognize when things aren't bringing you towards love and when or when they aren't bringing you towards love so that's down and when they are bringing you towards love so um that was an experience i had with letting go and um with that cc do you want to um get into it sure You know, when we talk about letting go, that could be two broad reasons for it. Mm -hmm. One is, this is 
bad this is where we often have toxic relationships hmm? and we have attachments where we end up harming ourselves and then there is so this is you could say this kind of letting go it applies even in material relationships sometimes there's some and it doesn't have to be relationships also it could also be sometimes we talk more about relationships but so often it's our own habits or thought patterns that make us gravitate toward those relate those relationships and then there's the other side is there's something better so this is where we talk about how there is a spiritual dimension to relationships or there are spiritual relationships and there's a whole spiritual domain and sometimes our conceptions of relationships could actually keep us entrapped in a way that impedes our spiritual growth so i'm talking this from both perspectives that one is where we are unable to even function materially because of the negativity or toxicity in a relationship and the other is where for our spiritual growth sometimes some relationships could limit us and generally in the in the wisdom texts like the bhagavad gita the shrimad bhagavatam this is the primary focus whereas in most of today's literature on personal growth this is the primary focus so when you say this right. is the primary focus you mean in our wisdom literature text it's mostly focused on letting go by focusing on something better and yeah, let in you, personal let growth so yeah letting go so that we can grow spiritually mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. whereas in today's world when people talk about letting go of relationships then we are maybe often talking about abusive relationships exploitative relationships and now i would say that personal growth and spiritual growth are not entirely non intersecting personal growth can be in many directions mm. there is a lot of intersection between the two but the two are not necessarily the same so personal growth could be in terms of one's career one's uh, utilization of one's talents you know just one's sense of autonomy mm. but spiritual growth is more in terms of our relationship with with god our realization of our spirituality of our spiritual essence so these are two different situations but the points the principles i would say are similar but understanding this difference in the beginning can be helpful in contextualizing where we want to go and how we can go there can we talk about this a little bit because i feel like the way i think about it and i'm interested to hear more of the way that you think about it but with personal growth we have to get ourselves to a certain platform in order to even really love and invest enough in ourselves to pursue higher relationships right so i think about like like if you're if you're in a in a place of addiction or a toxic relationship or like even if you're even if you have a love and appreciation for god you're not going to be very steady or consistent in pursuit of that relationship if you haven't grounded yourself in your own relationship with with yourself is what do you yeah. think of that yeah there are two different conceptions about this so there is uh, there are these terms which we have used earlier tamas which is the mode of ignorance which is filled with darkness then there is rajas which is more in the mode of passion hyperactivity super busyness then there is sattva 
which is more of reflective reflectiveness and one understanding is so sattva could be lethargy tamas could be lethargy apathy rajas rajas could be you know hyperactivity mm. one just wants to act as if they are always busy this is reflectivity reflection so one understand beyond that is our spirituality especially you could say our relationship with with the spiritual with the divine ultimately so now so now there are two ways of looking at this one is that this is a linear progression that means from where we are we need to move upward upward gradually till we can relink with the divine and that is one view and there is validity to this view so when you but say from where we also, are i just want to cl- clarify just because some people listen to this um just with an audio and they don't see the picture so when you say where we are you're saying you need to move up through all the modes from tamas to rajas to sattva and then you hit spirituality that's one way of looking at it yeah that's one way and it's an important way it's completely valid and valuable way of looking at it and we will come to that so what you are talking about is this way of looking at things yeah but there is also another way of looking at it that the divine the divine relationship is actually accessible to everyone from wherever they are and that would mean that so these three modes they are like three parallel triangles so you know you have tamas rajas and sattva so this you could say is more like a staircase model hmm? so the first one and is a staircase is- model where you have to you yeah. where you start at the yeah. lowest mode and then you climb up and then the and second the one you're describing yeah the other is what you could call the airlift model airlift model so from wherever you are you could just connect with the divine street hmm and quite often if you consider say say people who are very severely addicted somebody who is say a part of something like alcoholics anonymous now they often one of the ways they change their lives is by acknowledging that no i am helpless without us some higher power and i need help absolutely so when they are talking about that often they they are in a very dark place now they could be in a very dark place emotionally behaviorally socially and that uh, all that would actually um correlate with what would normally be called as uh, in the mode of ignorance but from then that is the time when they have some of the most transformative moments in their life they have this is the time they have an epiphany okay i really need to change and that's what gives them the motivation to change Yeah, you know, I think if if I'm being honest, I was probably like because I was in an unhealthy toxic relationship. My relationship with the divine I I relate to everything you just said because I feel like my relationship developing a relationship with the divine motivated me to to then climb the stairs a little bit. Yeah. Is it like that though? Do you have to climb the stairs regardless? Like if you start there, does that mean then you have to go up? yeah so that's that's where i was going to integrate these two models mm. that well so when i said that the airlift model in my understanding it talks more about the starting point hmm that we can start from anywhere but this model the circus model is more about sustainable progress Oh, okay. So the journey begin from anywhere, hmm. but over a period of time, one needs 
make tangible lifestyle changes which are associated with rising towards the higher mode so for example i'll just give some simple examples of this let's say somebody was highly addicted and then they realize that now i have to change and then it is it is something spiritual it is it is prayer it is devotion it is meditation it is mantra chanting and it is i need spirituality to change hmm? so this realization this is vital and when this is not there many times some people may actually just do spiritual activities more as a ritual oh this is something which i learned in my culture this is a part of my tradition this is a part of my social group which is not bad but this is what it is so i need spirituality to change this is where one begins and yeah. then after that okay i may have the inspiration to change but then so if i have to give up my addiction i may really have to be serious about some lifestyle changes so that could mean for example you know i change my association if i'm hanging out with people who are who are alcoholics then i is more likely that i'll be succumbing to that maybe i have to bring some more structure in my life no don't just let myself have lots of free time where i relax to other things maybe i need to take some tangible responsibilities so that they consume my mind and they they bring some meaning to my life meaning and purpose to my life so there are certain tangible changes one has to do and i would say these lifestyle changes are a part of the journey from tamas towards sattva so in that sense so when we are talking about letting go now combining these two models so letting go could be this journey where from wherever we are we want to go to the spiritual level or letting go could be also it could be this journey it could be the journey from here to here or it could be the journey from here to here so depending on where i am what i need to let go may vary i hope i am not making things too complicated here no i think this is great you know it it makes me think it's interesting here in the west i think a lot of times we associate people that are highly connected with being very sattvic so if if you're very loving and compassionate and um moral you know if you follow a strict code of of eth- like morality um you're god conscious and if you don't then you're not and what i like about this model is it it kind of broadens your perspective a little bit to see that somebody who is in the just just pulled by heavy addiction could actually be very god conscious and just be struggling and really be at the beginning of that staircase and that's not to say that you know they may today be in that really low spot of addiction but in 10 years they could be a great spiritual leader because their connection with god is so strong and is pulling them out so high so i like this this broader vision um this this broader way of of looking at it you know there is a you could talk about god consciousness i've been thinking a lot about this what does god consciousness mean and it could mean many different things from a longing for god mm-hmm. which is considered the highest level where those saints they feel that my life is is just like in romantic love a person feels that you know, without you my life is meaningless so this is often the state of great saints where mm-hmm. they feel you know a moment without the presence of god is is like a millennia it's void 
and that is a very exalted level but the god consciousness could also mean simply we feel a need a not just need in terms of like a vital necessity hmm that oh god without you i can't function now i have demons inside me and these demons are ruining me and i need your help to get out to deal with these so this could be the state of addicts and they could also be god conscious and then in between we could have say people who are people who have appreciation or gratitude which is not the same as love which is not the same as need but you know okay there are so many things which have could have gone wrong in my life but they have worked out right and god is holding me and taking me forward so you could see this is this is the place where you could say satvik people or thoughtful people hmm Mm. Uh, thoughtful people could be here so now we could be and now there are many other things which could be there in god consciousness not saying this is only three things but it's a uh, when we are talking about somebody in tamas being god conscious i think that time what we are referring to is is this particular dynamic that a person feels that i need god their god consciousness of a different category than the god consciousness of somebody who is a saint or somebody who is who is a responsible successful person but it could it change though i mean your your god consciousness it evolves also right so it can expand isn't that of course of course so this is also like i would say this is also a journey you know so for example somebody who is an addict they may feel that if i don't pray to god if i don't chant his names i'm going to relapse into addiction and often they chant because they may pray they may go to church just because it's it's driven by their survival instinct hmm but over a period of say maybe a year or two or three now they are more or less outgrown that addiction now so it's not that if they're going to stop their spirituality the next day they are going to relapse now of course among uh, among uh, you could say recovering alcoholics there is a saying that it's it's like you are always an alcoholic but you have just outgrown that tendency it's not so that you could say there's always that uh, tendency toward caution and that is good but it is not that it's like somebody is riding a bicycle for the first time the chances that they're going to fall are very high and they have to be extremely careful but if some say somebody is cycling now somebody who has been cycling for uh, for 10 years can they fall down while cycling well they can also fall down but it's a journey it's initially the fall down is like much more likely hmm in fact it is it is not just highly probable you could say it's almost inevitable if they are if one moment of inattention they are very likely to fall hmm but as they become seasoned um so this is you could say somebody is tired or somebody is a new person somebody who is a little more seasoned uh, they can be maybe biking with someone and they are chatting they also still they also still have to be careful but it's not to the same degree so i would say some it's something similar that we need to so caution is required but caution may not be the most prominent thing that is required at that time mm yeah though if you had fall, if you had had a really terrible wipeout on your bike like terrible emergency room wipeout as you as you get a, to be a better cyclist and you're more skilled than that you're still going to remember that really bad wipeout and that also will probably drive you the and influence you the rest of of your journey yeah true agreed so i think there are many permutations here 
and we are going a little yeah, off track. Yeah, sure. Let's but bring it back. <laughs> Let's bring it back. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's an important point. Still, it is it is not unrelated. What we were talking about is letting go, and I was talking about letting go can mean different things at different stages. That's the uh, that's the point which you are talking about. So, for example. Mm. say for a person who is who is young and impulsive and maybe driven by their hormones now at that time letting go could mean okay you just stop fooling around and having relations casual relationship with many people and then focus on the relationship with one person then you could say that as if go further it could mean that okay now i have a mm, letting go could mean you can move from a casual relationship to a more committed relationship but there is a time also so for example when even a committed relationship in this world uh, could come in the way of a committed relationship with god now this is an extreme situation and one shouldn't presume that it's like that but there is a stage where generally in the spiritual traditions where a person folk tries to focus toward the end of their life exclusively on their relationship with god mm-hmm. so this is traditionally what is called as sanyas or renunciation i don't think that is the most relevant thing for our uh, context right now but the the idea that letting go is not monolithic the idea of letting go it can also be progressive mm. that is helpful because then we can understand at my level what do i need to let go for my growth otherwise what happens is if somebody is at a stage when they are meant to go from here to here and they prematurely think that okay i have to do this then right. they actually end up not letting go in the sense of letting go that will help them grow it will be letting go which will actually stagnate them which will yeah. cause also regression for them yeah so, it can also, it can like discourage you too because you set the bar too high it's almost like i know like at 12 at um like with addiction people that have addictions like if it's a really intense addiction it's they don't just go from like zero to, to nothing they they kind of bring it down or even like i know you still i was watching this show one time and he was getting off alcohol but they recommended they were like eat however much sugar you want it's like sugar's not good but it's a it's relatively speaking it's a going to be a better addiction than alcohol in in a lot of ways so it's just almost like slowing down the downward grow or the downward um trajectory right true true makes sense mm-hmm. so now let's uh, let's move forward from looking at okay from wherever i am when i have to let go uh, what do i do for that so one of my now i have different verses in the bhagavad gita which i find helpful for different contexts no so i have if you consider the wisdom of the gita now i have verses which are my favorite for relationships something which is favorite for say addiction something which is my favorite for mental health uh something a verse which is favorite for my for say discipline something which is my favorite for say hope something which is my favorite for for devotion itself for my relationship with god something is which is my favorite for introspection and journaling so i have different verses in the gita which i turn to for different situations so i would say here that uh, while i could go into the verse for relationship 
but i would prefer focus more on mental health and mental health specifically in terms of the mental health itself is a huge subject but let me focus here on a verse which talks about how detachment or letting go now there are different words you use to use for this there is detachment there is non attachment mm-hmm. now there there are mm-hmm. there is also the word which is used equanimity now each of these has slightly different connotations the word letting go itself there is no direct equivalent to that in the bhagavad gita sanskrit but the idea is that overall all these can refer to different senses of letting go and if you consider what letting go means then we could uh, look at different aspects of letting go so so let's uh, try to look at it from these different perspectives so when i say deep non attachment i use it in the sense of there is no emotional residue that me now i'm using the word residue specifically that means there was there was emotional involvement earlier maybe the emotional invas- investment emotional fixation but it's now like a clean break has been made and there's no emotional residue mm-hmm. like some some people have hurt us terribly in the past and as soon as we see them we feel anger we feel resentment we may even feel something like hate but maybe we go through a process of forgiving healing and then after that okay we see them okay it's we really don't feel much of uh, any emotion coming in that so so in one sense i would say in this journey of letting go now these words could be used in different senses so non attachment i would put that as the as the summit as what we would like to come to is is once we have decided that in this particular relationship uh, it's it's not helping me grow so we are not talking here of re- the relationship growth in other ways say for example we could talk about uh, being kind and compassionate even toward those who have hurt us but that's a different direction that's quite a saintly thing to do and maybe we could explore that in a separate session but when letting go letting go i would say non attachment is the is the goal where okay there's no emotion associated with that person right now now i would use equanimity as at least external steadiness that means sometimes we see a person and we just feel like screaming at that person or uh, punching that person or whatever so we have come to a level where letting go means okay my urges are at least not so strong that i want to act out on them mm. so letting go could be at the basic level at least we have some control over our emotions so now you're and saying that the the process of letting go is also a progression and with the very yes, first exactly. stage being at just controlling our our urges to act out of our our um feelings really about that person yeah. and then the second is detachment yeah the highest is non i'm just not affected at all okay that person comes that person goes i don't really care much about it not care in the sense that i'm heartless but i am not un- i'm not concerned about that person what is not what's the difference between non attachment and detachment yeah that's why these terms they they are very similar and 
maybe the dictionary does not convey these terms but i'm using them in a particular <laughs> sense i'm using this detachment here in the sense of a intentional redirection or in yes that means that when i'm i'm striving to be detached from someone so when i'm cultivating detachment so in one sense i could say these two are more of cultivations and this okay. is more like a state so equanimity and detachment is more of a cultivation and non attachment yeah. is like the goal or the state what you're what you're trying to get to so first okay so first you control the, the urges to act out of your polarity or like your emotions your feelings about a person and then detachment is when you when you say okay when you kind of make the commitment the internal commitment that that you don't you don't want this to affect you anymore inside so equanimity what you're the way you're defining it is more like external and then detachment is more like when you harmonize your inside with like okay i i don't want this to affect me externally anymore i recognize that this is really putting me in a state of chaos and and i don't i don't want this to impact me this way anymore and then the next stage would be detachment which is where it actually doesn't impact you anymore and you do actually feel the same the a person's presence or what would have been a trigger no longer affects you at all yes you know if we look at the gita's model of the soul mind and body you have talked about this model many times the the so we could say at the level of equanimity now again as i said that i would not uh go into like a semantic battle over these these are just they're more concepts rather than terms as i said the dictionary meaning sure. might not be exactly the same sure let's say in this case it is like there is anger resentment inside me hmm? but i don't let it come out hmm? the anger resentment negativity hurt it is what is inside stays inside well i mean meaning that you don't take it out on another person but that doesn't mean that you don't maybe in a healthy way try to yeah you know some here we are not talking about so much this could mean in a negative sense it could be suppression yeah and that's definitely not healthy right but it doesn't have to be suppression you know it could also be just discipline right and we all need discipline nobody can say that you know whatever is inside i let it come outside all the time you know we may pass by a restaurant and we see some delicious food now we get the desire to eat it but yeah maybe this is not healthy for me i won't eat it right so that's that's where this is there now the second stage this is equanimity now when i'm talking about where, where we are trying to cultivate detachment at that stage it's internally we have created something positive these negative impressions are still there but along with that i've created some positive focus so okay. so this is more of you could say the this part is is the negative emotion this is say the resentment that is still there about the other person but say this is where maybe i have started finding a healthier purpose maybe i am focusing on just maybe developing my own people skills maybe developing my own introspection maybe just discovering some other aspect of my life it need not be a new relationship it could be just something else which fills my mind so it's not so much that i am trying to get rid or i'm just trying to keep what is inside inside not let it come out rather what i'm doing over here is inside itself i have cultivated something else and now i'm trying to get that out 
inside itself there is some health, something healthy something positive you could also practice you could also practice this like towards the person too right like if you had a parent that wronged you in some way and you had a lot of resentment there if you focus on all of the things that they did for you could is that another way of of, of doing this well i def- definitely that's a state which we need to come to but you know, my understanding is that it doesn't work uh that easily in one sense that it's uh you know if you consider something like say there is a negative axis and then there's a positive axis so the growth is not just simply you, know, you move from the negative towards the positive okay this person hurt me but this person helped me so i'm looking at the ways in which the person hurt me and i'm going to stop looking at that and i'm going to start looking at the way the person helped me now that's a good thought to have but sometimes at least for some time it might be better to sort of expand the neutral zone where rather than thinking of this negative as there is a space where we just don't think about that person hmm? and that is the time sometimes uh, we need to so here i have a negative conception how they hurt me and then after that i can have a positive conception of how they helped me hmm? okay so you're saying that it's easier well that that's a that's a good practice it's it's easier to put some space in between that because it's it may not be so realistic to go straight from hurt to to help yeah it's it's say uh say if i have my hand was injured and now i want to massage my hand to maybe get it to recover but but say you know i don't know where exactly the injury is and if i press it here it's fine but if i press it here it's a severe pain and not just a pain it might lead to some relapse hmm so then maybe i just decide i'm not going to press this hand at all let this be as it is maybe i can do exercise for my remaining body i can do other things and after some time i can move towards doing other things so that's my understanding so we sometimes need a buffer buffer where we are just we have thoughts let me put it this way we have an alternative object of thought hmm yeah that makes that sense that is that is satisfying that is pacifying that is uplifting and that is where we focus on because this is all going on inside us and because it's inside us when our mind will shift from thinking about say how this person has helped me to how this person has hurt me that we can't really go so fast yeah that makes sense i i know when when i um told my dad i was coming into this practice he was super upset and and um said a lot of like mean hateful things and i and i had to kind of distance myself for i don't know maybe over a year it might have been 2 years to be honest but then when i came back to the relationship and and in that 2 years i really got grounded in my practice but then when i and I, when i came back to the relationship like the hurt that i felt from his from his many outbursts was like kind of lifted and i was able even to show up as even kind of a reincarnation of of myself from the things i learned from the practice and in that way we actually have a a nice relationship now and he really respects um me and and my decisions in a way that he never ever has so 
I could see how um, that space, without that space, it's like you're too close to the hurt that you're still experiencing it. And in that, also taking the time to to kind of grow yourself so that you can show up better um, the next time. Yeah, or when you true. reunite in that relationship or something like that. Yeah, definitely. So now I have to, I have to start another session in about seven minutes. So I think we may have to continue this further, but I'll just make one point and then I'll try to summarize. Do you want okay. to say anything more about this? No, I like that. That was really helpful. It's so, just to say to take the space. That's actually also yeah. difficult for me. It's something I'm trying to be okay with because disharmony is so uncomfortable for me. But sometimes just letting that sit is okay. It's interesting. It's almost serendipity that use the word space because I was going to use that same play of words. There's space and there is space. Uh, so, <laughs> so you could say in a relationship... There could be pace that is upward and there could be pace that is downward. Hmm? And in between these two, sometimes we need space. Hmm. So that means some, when we talk about letting go, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to cut the person off out of our life completely. Sometimes it may be required. But sometimes you could say that you know when two people are extremely close to each other. No, there are a lot of fireworks, there are explosions. And then they may feel that that the more they are trying to work, the more you know they try to connect with the other person, but just they seem to be going further and further away from the other person. Mm. Mm. But and at this stage, that person may feel that you know I just I want you out of my life completely. I don't even want to hear about you, see you ever again in my life. But it may well be that if there is some space, then after some time, the two people can say that, okay, you know, at this point, with this much space in between us, you know, we can connect with each other. And overall, in the previous situation, both people were just simply going on a downward trajectory. But here, this when this uh, proper space is there, you know, maybe both people can go upward in their own journey. That means when they relate at that distance, they can maybe learn from each other, they can help each other grow, or at least one whoever is more proactive and responsible, that person can grow in their relationship, grow uh, through the particular dynamic that relationship has had. Yeah, you know, that is actually really helpful that you said that because sometimes I feel like we try to make one person too many things. Like if you have a spouse and you try to work with them like professionally or something and you see like that relation to have having that relationship on top of your marital relationship just makes it so difficult. And so when you can kind of disentangle a little bit and maybe set some parameters around that relationship, like this is this is my spouse. This is my business colleague. You know, this is my teacher. It can kind of protect the relationships in a way that um, that that space then is natural and and um, and you're and you're safer because if you're if you're combining all of these things, the expectations that you have on one person are so entangled and become so high that if they don't live up to one of those expectations, then all of those relationships are at, uh, are vulnerable. So even it's getting something. intentional, like in our relationships that we go into, like it's, um, it's unrealistic s sometimes to think that one person, we can have so many different kinds of relationships with, with one person and it may be better not to. <laughs> That's a powerful point. I think we could explore this in our future session. Yeah, because you know, this also happens in spiritual circles where sometimes people have too much expectation from their spiritual mentor or spiritual guide or their guru, and it can happen in any relationship. So, separating the roles, so letting go means you could say letting go of 
certain expectations or certain parameters in the relationship. So let's discuss that in the, in the next session. Okay, great. Looking forward. So I look forward to summarize. Just quickly summarize what we discussed. I started by talking about how, when we are talking about letting go, what are we talking about? So there could be in the material context and then the spiritual context. So we had we talked about the staircase model, where person needs to give up certain things uh, so that they can progress. But there could also be the airlift model, where if the person wherever they are, from there they can just rise straight upwards. And in connection with that, I talked about God consciousness itself being like a spectrum from from an urgent survival need to gratitude to like a longing and in different stages what a person may need to let go can vary so broadly i talked about that if you consider letting go as a process there is equanimity where at least that person doesn't act out based on what is internal. Then there is detachment, where a person is able to uh, put something internally also aside and replace it something more positive internally. And then there is the state of non-attachment, which could be a little bit more like transcendence, where a person just doesn't have any of those negative influences within them. And in that connection, the last part I discussed is uh, letting go doesn't have to be like a one-zero thing where we, letting go could just mean that we create space which, by which we'll have some positive pace, like an upward pace. And that way we can move forward. So thank you very much. Thank very you. And just... Thank you. Just a couple of quick announcements. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, please do Seekers Quest 108. Um, we're also on all podcast platforms uh, and YouTube. And um, one other thing, Seekers Quest, we're talking about doing a daily uh, Bhagavad Gita reading, like a 20-minute Bhagavad Gita reading and discussion every day at the same time. We get on, we do it. Um, if you have any thoughts about that or ideas or think it's a great idea, let us know um, because we'd love to see what you guys think. And just generally speaking, if you, and if you have any feedback or please don't ever hesitate to reach out.